JD Talking Sports, Monday, February 20th, 2017. Now, I'm laughing because yesterday I said Saturday, February 19th, and it was Sunday. JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Now, all right, Isaac, you got to go. I just was checking out a picture of Cespedes' new car. It looks like it's called a, a Vorza. Now, I have to be honest with you. It looks a little New York Yankee-ish, the colors. Looks more Yankee-ish than, than Mets, Mets colors. It looks, it looks like a golf cart with some wheels on it. And there's Darren Ravel said that he has another car. The Mercedes GLE 63S Coupe, 120000 and he had it customized for another 55000 So $120,000 car customized for another 55000 Basically, that's Cespedes, all right. Yeah, I mean, all right. He inside says, oh, la, la potencia, potencia. All right. It looks like a pretty car. Hey, he's got the money. He's making over 20-something million a season for the next four years. Obviously, he has some money that he likes to spend on his cars. That's what he likes to do. I'm not going to tell him how to spend his money. All right. Now, a little, you know, while we're on the subject, how about, do I have a little Mets news to talk about? Why, yes, I do. I have a lot of Major League Baseball to talk about today. I have a lot of football today to talk about, too. But I wanted to get to the... The baseball first. So, yep, here we are, Mets. Now, Wright on Sunday had 30 easy throws from 60 to 70 feet, which is good. David Wright, we're happy about that. Probably going to throw every other day. And according to Baseball Prospectus, the Mets opening day payroll, $152 million, Highest in franchise history, topping the $149 million they had on opening day 2009. Now, they need to improve. Hitting with runners in scoring position. We already knew that. They were terrible last year. But Sandy Alderson, the GM, feels this group could go far this year. And, hey, Mr. Walker, your second baseman, exciting place to be for the next few years, he said. And manager Terry Collins says he's confident that they will play in October. They have never been to three straight postseasons in franchise history. Never. They're two straight right now. And Zach Wheeler, bullpen session on Sunday, no issues. All good things. All good things. I mean, right? You have to be happy about that. You have to be happy. And, you know, and love the enthusiasm. Love the enthusiasm. And this is the thing. Mets, if the pitching is healthy... Man, it could be one hell, hell of a season. Now, Neil Walker had a had a pretty damn good year last year, you know? He did. And I know he missed a lot of games, but when he played, hit for power, what was his average again? Yeah, 23 home runs, 55 RBIs, 113 games, 282 batting average. Only played 113 games. I'll tell you. And when he got hot, he got really hot. 
more home runs in 2015 with the Pirates. He he went up seven home runs, but he ended up. He also played less games. But I'll tell you, the year before, in 151 games, he had 71 RBIs, and 113 he had 55. He, he was on pace to knock in some runs. I think the Mets can do some damage. I really do. I think the Mets can do some damage. And Tony Clark, how about this? You know, I mean, this is about the Yankees. Players Association president. He said he's open to the intentional walk, you know, being an automatic. But as for the start of the extra innings with a runner on second base, he goes, no. Simple answer, no. Now, he said it could work in the minors, you know, prevent injuries and overuse of pitchers in games that drag deep into extra innings. But Major League Baseball, he said, finishing into the last run scores has always been part of the conversation. And I agree. That second, second base to start off the extra innings, Ridiculous. They're going to do that in the World Baseball Classic, but also I think they're doing it because they don't want to burn out everybody playing. I agree. That I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Now, how about this? After the game last night, which Reggie Miller bashed, and I'll tell you, after the Pro Bowl fiasco the last couple of years, actually this year's game wasn't that bad, but how bad it had been the last couple of years with no tackling and everything, the NBA All-Star game is getting embarrassed. That was embarrassing. I'm sorry. I know they scored 374 points, but it was, I mean, it was just back and forth. There was no defense. I mean, it, it, it was it, it was embarrassing. And, and they were ripping Steph Curry for his headband. I'm like, come on, man. I know, yeah, he did look a little, like a little kid, but still. Well, this is the thing. DeMarcus Cousins was, and Omri Caspi forward from the Kings was traded to the Pelicans for Tyreek Evans, former Rookie of the Year, Buddy Heald, who was the sixth pick in the past draft out of Oklahoma. Langston Galloway, who I saw on NBA TV talking about how much he loved being in New Orleans and everything, actually was a D-League player that got a long-term contract, and first and second round picks this summer. Now, they are 23-34 and 34 right now in New Orleans, but they're going to push for a playoff spot. And Buddy Heald only averaged 8.6 points. And, but this is the thing. The King's owner, Vivek, loves him, said he has curry potential and had a fixation with him that was the key driver to the trade being made. And then Vlade Divac chimed in saying, winning begins with culture and character matters. Yeah, you think that was a shot at uh, Mr. Cousins? Also, Coach Calipari for Kentucky, maybe he'll put this in the contract, $3 million if he, what, I wonder how much, if, if the college is $3 million, if he gets fired in mid-season, what will, what will he put in his NBA contract? If you fire him in mid-season, you have to pay me $6 million. I guess double it. He said he's not going to coach his former Wildcats, Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins. He doesn't want the New Orleans job. For now, but we shall see. And DeMarcus Cousins, 27, over 27 per game, over almost 11 rebounds a game, and five almost five assists a game. Listen to this. Listen, listen to what company. Those numbers put him in this. If he completes it for a season, would be only done by, listen to these guys who, who have done that in a season. The Big O, Larry Bird, Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, and Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, wow. Those are some pretty, pretty big players. Now, right now, New Orleans is two and a half games behind the Nuggets for the eighth seed in the West. And interesting, April 8th, there'll be 23 games into their the DeMarcus Cousins Davis, the Kentucky Wildcat con- connection could be a first-round preview. We shall see. That's going to be I'm, – I'm excited to watch that game when it happens. It'll probably be on 10.30 at night, and I'll be sleeping, but I would love to see it. And they were ripping, saying how this trade 
really didn't give up much because if they make the playoffs, it's going to be a crappy first-round pick this year. They didn't give up much to get him. They gave a first-round, second-round pick this season, and then they'll get a, a first-round pick next season. Who cares? They got a 26-year-old in the prime of his career. I mean, he's got a little bit. He's got he's got a little chip on his shoulder when he plays, but man, he could play. I love watching Demarcus Cousins play, and he puts up crazy numbers every game. And Tyreek Evans is is coming back from injury, but he you don't know. He, you know, hey, if 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 the Kings feel that Buddy Hield will be the next Curry, hey, then it's a you know, it might be a good trade, but it's still too early to tell. Right now, I mean, you're gonna have. Cousins playing center, Anthony Davis playing power forward. That's a lot. And two guys that could average 27 and 10 rebounds a game. Now they're going to have to replace the guys they gave up, but that's, that's a problem I'd like to have. And Durant, he's, put, he's having a hell of a year. He, he's averaged over 20, almost 26 a game, eight rebounds, five assists this year, career best 54% from the field, 47 and nine. Golden State, and he's playing great with Curry. I mean, that's that's some good stuff, right? And the Kings are doing a fire sale because they're they're making Darren Collinson, Aaron Afalo, and Ben McLemore available for picks and rookie deal players in return. And I thought this was apropos for the All Star game when your coach, the coach Steve Kerr of the West team, jokes that dead people could coach the All Star game due to the lack of competitiveness. That's not funny. That's not what I want to watch. I don't want to watch a sporting event where there's a lack of competitiveness. So much so that it was just like guys throwing the ball up and see what would happen. And nobody's stopping anybody. Okay. And then you have the Knicks. Now, Anthony can block any deal that isn't basically L.A., which is where he wants to go. And he's basically all but firm about invoking the no-trade clause. Thursday's the trade deadline. But they might... They might go in a different direction with the expiring contracts of D. Rose and Brandon Jennings, who sat out the last game before the break against OKC, is only has $5 million in salary this year. He could be movable. And so could Rose. We shall see. I think the team's going to be a little different come Thursday. I think they're going to try to move some pieces. I guess we shall see. Now, I got some midseason reports. I don't even know if this is really to go into um, about the Knicks and the Nets. Mark Berman, New York Post. The Knicks were 14 and 10, and they have gone 9 and 24 since. Carmelo Anthony, only 44% from the field. You know, he plays very little defense. Porzingis, I, I, I talked about his numbers a couple podcasts ago. He's too many nights, too many off nights, but I don't think he's gelling well with Derrick Rose who they say is explosive to the rim, but steps slow on defense. Now, he's averaging almost 18, but his assist-to-turnover ratio, 4.5 to 2.5 disappoints, and he said he was not happy with that. But remember, he did go AWOL in January, which didn't go over well. And, and then you have Courtney Lee, another free agent acquisition. Last few weeks, his offense has, you know, better after being a little too tentative, but defense has been underwhelming, underwhelming Averaging 10.3 and shooting a solid 42% from three. Joachim Noah. They, you know what he said here, Mark Berman? This is kind of a, that, that's a dig. He said his dad, Yannick Noah, may be more of an offensive threat than his son right now. Doesn't have the quickness defensively. 
and doesn't make up for for his no threat. Wow, yeah, that was not good. And Brandon Jennings, yeah, he's electrified the second unit. I totally agree with that. But he isn't physical enough as a defender, and his shot is erratic, 39% from the field. Again, they brought up his movable contract. Now, Mindogus Kuzminskis. Now, they say he's part of the future. He has a lot of offensive activity. But they think he's hit the rookie wall only 32% from three. Lance Thomas, he's been a three and D guy like last season, but teammates love... Oh, they said he hasn't been the three and D guy like last season, but teammates love his work ethic. We shall see. Ron Baker, undrafted free agent. They think that uh, <laughs> they think that Jeff Hornacek is having a fascination because there are similarities out of college. Kyle O'Quinn, breakout November with massive double doubles, but it's cooled since. But he's had some good games recently. He's had some big, you know, but it's not it's not consistent enough. And Billy Hernan Gomez, I, I still like him. He's a keeper. That's what they said. I agree. He has some team defensive lapses. But they said he is a playmaking big man with great post moves. I agree. Justin Holiday. He's played every game this season. He is shooting 36% from three. And Sasha. Vujicic only played 28 games so far. Because they said also because of the triangle light offense and Phil Jackson preferred to see more of him. Marshall Plumley, you know, he has a three-year deal. They want to build him into a rotation player. Maurice Endor, what they said, they should have kept uh, chasing Randall now with the Sixers, I agree. They said the defensive forward is now Kurt Rambis' pet project. Good luck on that front. Hornacek hasn't coached a triangle well, I agree. Back and forth from the system offense to his fast pace as players disjointed, totally agree, as well as his changing rotations. And they say coaching defense doesn't seem to be his specialty. Yeah, when they're giving up 121 points to the Lakers, you know defense isn't up there. And they gave they gave him a C. Phil Jackson got an F. He has had forty five players in his during his nearly three year reign as Knicks president. The team's record in his first three full seasons is seventy seven games under five hundred. Has little if no rapport with his three star players. And Mark Berman said his eleven rings are starting to show some slight tarnish. You think? Not a glowing review of the. Knicks, now we have the Nets. They're 9-47. 16-game home losing streak. Third longest in NBA history. Sounds like I have a trivia question somewhere. They're looking for the second half to reset with Jeremy Lin, who's only played 12 games this year, but expected to play Friday in Denver. Now, the top guy, the best graded, this isn't good, is Quincy AC, who was initially on a 10-day contract. He's given an A-. minus. He's, he's the top guy... I'm looking at all the Knicks. I'm, I'm sorry, the Nets. I'm sorry, Brooke Lopez also got a name, but there's only two guys that got high marks, and he's one of them. But they like his hustle, physicality, and three-point shooting. He's over 57%. And he's actually leading the team in both player efficiency rating and win shares per 48 minutes. Hey, Boyan Bogdanovich, 
He started every game but two. Has been the, you know, the second option for the Nets. He's made 99 three-pointers, but he's only shooting 36 from three. Defense is shaky. And will they keep him? He's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. We shall see. Now, Trevor Booker, much-needed athleticism and intensity of the front court, lost his starting job, but has been better ever since, averaging over 12 points, eight rebounds, and two assists in eight games off the bench. Two years, 18 million, quality signing by GM Sean Marks. Spencer Didwitty, hey, he only is getting paid 726000 He finds Brooke Lopez, which is good. As the Nick, you know, Nets are going more pick and roll, and he's come on late. Monday, he had a season-high 17 points with 19 on Wednesday's first half finale. Those are good, right? Randy Foy, but he's only shooting 37%. He's been, you know, playing off the ball, plays feisty def- defense. I like that, feisty. Justin Hamilton, they brought him in from Spain. They were hoping his three-point shooting touch would come back to him. He's shooting an inconsistent 30% from three. Joe Harris, he's been injured this year. Feisty, another they also called him feisty. This is this is all Brian Lewis from New York Post. I like that. Feisty, another feisty guy. He's only shooting 39% from three. Feisty but flawed defense. Only 980,000. Like Dinwiddie, can't be viewed as anything other than a bargain. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, worst shooter in the team. He is about the only net who doesn't have a green light to shoot from deep, and they all have the green light. And he's made the transition from playing power forward successively. You know, I mean, that's good. He's actually supplanted Booker in the starting lineup. I think, you know, he does a lot of everything. And you like a guy like that. He's like the Swiss Army life. Swiss Army knife. Sean Kilpatrick, the White Plains native, scoring his dip every month from November when he had over 16 and a half a game to February 10. But he's asked to play many different positions and roles May have taken his toll and kept him from, that's what they think, kept him from maximizing one. But I have faith in him. He, he can play, and then he can lighten up any night. They love him. They love they love Karis Levert, his length, athleticism, defense, maturity. And they said even, even having to give it up Thaddeus Young on draft night, they feel he was the right guy. Now you, And then you have Jeremy Lin, who's incomplete. You can't really give him anything. He's missed 44 of 56 games. We shall see what happens. He's on a three-year, $36 million deal with no reliable backups. Over four, Almost 14 points a game, almost six assists. Brooke Lopez. Now they're paying him like a star, $20 million, And he's delivered. He's not a rebounder or a vocal leader, but he's averaged 21 a game. Wednesday, he became the first man in NBA history with eight blocks and six threes in the same game. But will he be here past Thursday's trade deadline? I guess that's, we'll see. Chris McCullough, he's played 72 minutes all season with the Nets. Basically, he's in the D-League, where he's getting a lot of seasoning. Now, Luis Scola. Now, he's provided wisdom and an invaluable example in the locker room. But when he got a $5 million deal, both Scola and the Nets expected more than just a teacher. Three-point shooting dipped. From 40% last season to 34% this season. And he's looked like a 37-year-old basketball player. Now, Isaiah Whitehead, the rookie at a Seton Hall. Now, Lynn's injury kind of put him to a role he wasn't ready for. He, They feel he's better suited to come off the bench, which he's been playing better. 
and where he should be if Lynn comes back in the second half. But that's nothing is, it's still, we shall see. Kenny Atkinson, you know, this is the thing. He has to, he's a balancing thing. He has to balance keeping the players rested and fresh while drilling them in the countless things that need, need improvement. But he's kept them focused and playing hard, and they are. They're getting, they're losing. I know they're on a 14-game losing streak, 16 at home, but they're playing hard every night. And Sean Marks, he added Kilpatrick last season to AC this season to dealing for Levert. All good moves, but Gravis Vasquez, $4 million to be Lynn's backup, played 38 minutes. That's all he played before they bought him out. And then waving Yogi Ferrell, who has blown up in Dallas. Ouch and more ouch. I know that was a little slot right there, but you know, JD Talking Sports dropped the G. This is, I like talking about my New York teams. And it's been a depressing year. Let, let's be honest there. And hey, a shout out to little college basketball here. How about women's college basketball? Washington, Kelsey Plum, 35 points on Sunday versus USC, at USC. She is now second all-time, all-time scoring in women's college basketball behind Missouri State's star Jackie Stiles. Jackie Stiles has 3,393 total points. Plum is at 33.15. She will catch her. She will catch her. Minion Moore had 20 to lead USC. Washington improves to 25 and 4, 13 and 3. USC fell to 14 and 13, 5 and 11 in the Pac 12. Now, this is a team that went to the Final Four last year. I think they could do it again this year. Top 10 college basketball men Gonzaga, number one. Stays the same. Nova, two. Kansas, three. That's That remains unchanged. Then Arizona, UCLA, Oregon. That's three straight Pac-12s. Then Louisville, UNC, two straight ACCs. Then Baylor dropped to number nine for number three. And Duke, number 10. So you have two big 12s, three Pac-12s, three ACCs, and a Big East and a WCC team in the top 10. You count women, number one again. Temple in the top, AP top 25, first time since March 13, 2006. Congratulations, the female Owls. Maryland number two, Mississippi State three, Baylor four, and Notre Dame five. How about that? South Carolina lost again, man. But hey, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for my for my game cops. I love, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 there's something about the South Carolina teams I just respect. I went to school down in North Kakalaki. I like it down there. All right. Let's let's change gears to foosball. The Jets. This is Peter King, Peter King, MMQB. Zero positive buzz on Hackenberg. Now they could seriously consider Mike Lennon or Tyrod Taylor. Now Tyrod Taylor would be at a, like an eleventh hour call. That's not imminent of him being gone. But Mike Lennon, Mike Lennon gets you nervous because last year a big guy came out, Brock Osweiler, all that money, and he went poof. Four year, what do you get? Four years, seventy-two million, and he's not even. They're not even sure if he's going to start this year for the Texans. Now Cutler, I know, I know, I know, we're not big Cutler fans. I know, I know. Yeah, we are not. Jay Cutler, but this is the thing. Jay Cutler, the Jets' new quarterback coach, Jerry Jeremy Bates, his pupil when he was in Chicago was Jay Cutler. They were very close. I don't want that. I don't want the Jets. That's a headache to me. And this is the thing. The Jets are far, like far, 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 far away from identifying 
training and winning with a quarterback of the future as they've been for years. I mean, think about it. Yeah, they're they're in they're in scary land. They're in scary, scary land. Now, this is the thing. Mike Glenn and I talked about. But now this is the thing. Bill Polian, and I've talked about this. I want the Jets to go after him. The most talented quarterback in the draft is probably Chad Kelly, but he has a ton of baggage. Now, I think Uncle Jim will get him what he needs to put him on the straight and narrow. I, I would love him to be. Now, there is a trade going through for Julius Thomas from the from Jacksonville. It is He is traded to the Dolphins. Now, this is the thing. For, it's going to be for a late-round pick in this year's draft. Julius Thomas, in his breakout year in 2013, had 52 more receiving yards and three more touchdowns than he had in his two seasons combined with Jacksonville. Well, Peter King feels it's worth the risk, and Dolphins, hey, they're doing it. You always can use a t- tight end. And you know what? Hey, maybe it just wasn't a good fit in Jacksonville. That was a mess there. And how about this? Roger Goodell has been with the NFL for 35 years. He joined in 1982 as a public relations intern. I wonder if he so committed to the job. And Peter King also thinks AP, Adrian Peterson, has more left in the tank. 20 games last three years, but last year, 37 rushes, 1.9 yards per carry, not going to cut it. He's not. He's going to have to take a pay cut. And he just missed 13 games at 31 with a knee injury. But he feels he's more in the tank. He was trying to compare him to the last two years when Emmett went to Arizona has more than the tank he sees. He feels. And I, I feel too. I feel he works his works his ass off. Yeah. And I thought this was funny. It, I always read Monday Morning Quarterback and he has a haiku at the end. He goes, NFL dead time. Breaking news. The league's not meant to be awake now. I agree. You can't be relevant all the goddamn time. And this is interesting with the Bills. New offensive coordinator Rick Dennison was on the Ravens staff in 2014 and liked Taylor enough to support the Broncos signing him in 2015 when he went to Denver as the offensive coordinator. Hey, that says something. They might keep him. Now, what about Jay Cutler and Bruce Arians in Arizona? He likes throwing the ball deep. Cutler has an amazing arm. He has the weapons. I don't know. And GM Steve Keim told Arizona Sports 98.7, there isn't a day that I don't think about it. There's no doubt we have to identify it a franchise quarterback. I agree. And they're talking about the Chiefs here. They take a shot at Romo. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never been a fan. Never been a fan of the coach. Never been a fan, never been a fan of Alex Smith. Alex Smith is the most vanilla of vanilla people, in my opinion. Very vanilla. And I feel every year... They're, you know, they, two years ago they went on the win streak. This year they they went into the postseason and you thought would they make some noise. I think Andy Reid's overrated. I really do. I never have been a fan of Andy Reid. I think he's he's a good coach, but he, what, they go five straight NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl, and now he's winning at the Chiefs, but... You know, he's like a, a regular season guy, and then when it gets to the postseason, nothing good happens. Cowboys. Now, Peter King was saying if they bring in a number three, they should bring in Josh McCown. He would help with Dak Prescott's education and maturation as a starter. Another voice in his ear. And today they restructured the contracts of left tackle Tyron Smith and offensive lineman Travis Frederick. This is pre-ESPN. 
It's going to save Dallas $17.3 million in cap space, which they needed. And the Dolphins signed 35-year-old pass rusher Cameron Wake, getting $9 million in guarantees over the next two years, total of $18 million. Had 11 and a half sacks last year after Achilles surgery in 2000 from after missing 2015. The, I mean, think about that. That's a serious surgery. And Adam Gase loves him. He says he goes all out every play, every day, all the time. That's a guy you want. You want a, you want a guy that's going to play hard for you. I think Gase is going to build something good there. I really do. Now, if Cousins isn't franchised, Kirk Cousins isn't franchised by the Steeler, I'm sorry, by the Skins, before the draft, he could fetch a team's 2017 and 2018 first-rounders. And if San Francisco really wants him, they would give the number two pick in this year's draft. I don't know. Is, it, is, it, is that really who Kyle Shanahan wants? And then you have the Texans. Now, Bill O'Brien's going into the fourth year, vital year for him and his program with the Texans. He brings in Romo. You've got a veteran winner and a coachable vet winner at that. And O'Brien has longed for that since he took over the team. Now, if Romo got hurt, they'd have Tom Savage as a backup plan. But Houston is a place that Romo says he knows he can win there. Now, he's going to be 37 in April. He's missed 27 of his last 32 games due to injury. If he suits up in September, he'll have played one series of football in 21 months. He looked damn good in that one series against Philly in the season finale. Damn good. And UFC... Johnny Hendricks, he's 33 years old. He's moved up to middleweight. He actually fought at UFC Fight Night 105. He beat Hector Lombard, his first win after losing his last three fights. He met George St. Pierre in UFC 167. That's the last time GSP fought, and GSP won in a controversial decision. Now he wants to fight Hendricks. That was for the welterweight title, which Hendricks ended up winning later and then couldn't make weight, and now he went at the middleweight. Well, Hendricks says he's great at this weight, but he thinks, he said he would love to beat GSP's face in. He said, that's a fight I've really been looking for. And it would be at 185. And he says he could beat him at 185. Hendricks said he could beat him at 185. Now, this is the thing. Michael Bisping would fight GSP. That's a possibility. And they're talking, if he, if GSP meets Anderson Silva, who's kind of down as not the same fighter he was. And, you know, GSP is 35. They said that would sell a ton of tickets. Hey, I loved him. What was he in? He was in one of the Captain America movies. He was good. He was good. I mean, he didn't really act, but he can move. And now I talked about Lincoln, first team since 1914 from the non-league to make the, to make the quarterfinals at the FA Cup, the oldest cup tournament in the world. I'm sorry, oldest club tournament in the world. Well, Arsenal beat Sutton 2-0 today, and that set up a quarterfinal versus Lincoln. I don't know if Lincoln can beat. I don't know if they can do it. I think that would be a tough, tough match. But we shall see. We shall see. Anything. I always feel like, when I say that, I feel like Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. You know, that's what we just say. Because we're crazy like that. We are crazy like that. Yeah. Oh, and I get to watch Elementary tonight. I'm very excited. And also, Homeland taped 
Oh, and 24 tonight. Very excited. Okay. Last show's trivia question. What team won the Super Bowl without kicking an extra point? Of course, it's the Pats in this past Super Bowl. 34-28 over the Falcons. They had two two two-point conversions and no extra points. It was missed, actually. Goskowski missed it. Okay. Now, tonight's trivia question. Who was the last skill position player drafted by the Jets to make the Pro Bowl? Who was the last skill position player drafted by the Jets to make the Pro Bowl? Last skill position player drafted by the Jets to make the Pro Bowl. That's all I got for tonight, folks. Have a great night. Got some college basketball tonight. I just feel like we're in... Oh, and still got four days until spring training games for the Mets and Yankees. All right, have a good night. Peace out.